Hello, you're listening to Reviewing History, your comedy history podcast. I'm filmmaker and teacher Brian Rupert, joined here by... As always, Stephen Dagliaco. And... Anthony. We're hey. switched seats, to, by the way. See that? A new year. It's a new year, new us. Yeah. It I used to be on this side. Hmm? I used to be over like in here in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I moved over there. I don't know why that Was happened. that before video? Just no. Natural, just natural occurrences. No, some of the early videos, I'm over here. Really? I'm over yeah, here we, we switch it up depending on who gets here first. Steve was your first. I was yeah. your first. <laughs> he was the first man at the studio, last to leave. Yeah, that's that's me. He told Tom Steve Dave he's gonna vacuum the floor and wash the walls after we leave. I learned that he's gonna like, stay behind. Some of the best coaches. <laughs> he's gotta get rid of all the cum. <laughs> <laughs> that is that the record for quickest gay joke? That might no. Uh, it might be. <laughs> I threw a few gay ones at him early on too, so. That might be the record. Thank you for it's that one. That was good. All right. But we're here doing uh, Steve's pick. This is my pick. Steve clearly has a problem with me, and he wanted to make me suffer, and he picked Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Again. I don't know why it makes you suffer, because it's a movie about somebody. It's about somebody's life, and that's it. It's a story about that happened. It's true. <laughs> this movie sucks this fucking awful is great it's terrible movie's great it's like not even a movie i've hated this movie forever i've never liked it you've never liked it but you never had to watch it for historical accuracy there there is no there's nothing there like i don't know what we're going to talk about today i got a couple of things good because i don't (laughs) so so we're going to talk about mainly so they did drugs in a hotel room yes it wasn't the trop it was actually the top So I have the Criterion Collection. Okay. And I didn't tell you guys what I watched. What did you watch? I actually have the commentary track with Hunter S. Thompson, the producer. Him doing it? Over the over the film and telling what's real and what's not. Well, that's more interesting. There. So I have a couple of takes that are different. Did you, so did you watch it twice? I I don't need to watch this He's movie. He's seen this a lot. Yeah. See, my, here's my uh, world with this movie. It was something that when I was a teenager, like my junkie friends loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had never seen Beaver always loved this movie. Not that I'm saying Beaver was a junkie. <laughs> yeah. But he we hung out with junkies. Yes, we did. Yeah. And they all adore this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um and they made me we sat down to watch it one day, me and Steve, and I was so bored. <laughs> like I could I I thought it was terrible. There's that, one funny moment in the entire movie. I don't even think there's that. The, and when then, he throws the orange, it's funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah that's funny. <laughs> And then uh, watched it again last night to do this, and it did not improve whatsoever. If anything, it's worse than I remember. It. It's just <laughs> there's nothing there. There's this nothing is, to grab on. This is my third time watching it. Mm-hmm. Hated it the first time. Yeah. I think the second time I hated it, but I liked it a bit more. Mm-hmm. I hate it more than ever. And <laughs> it's it's weird because I love Terry Gilliam. I think he's great. He's a great. Mm-hmm. It's directed great, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The movie looks great. Yeah. And it's shot well. The problem is, and I think I even think the performances are probably good. I think Jeff Depp, Depp is great. Are yeah, there's very ju- good. there's just no story. There's nothing. It's guys do drugs. Oh, it's it's a series of vignettes with no connective tissue, and like no point to any other of other than the voice. And then you mm-hmm. get like occasionally like boomer fucking like nonsense uh, boomer liberal nonsense man i i want to rant about something in this fucking movie so and it's bad. not even like he, like I, I 
Boomer, I'll just straight up, like Hunter S. Thompson is not a boomer. He's older than them. But he's someone that boomers love and like f- creates their culture. He you was know? a hippie. Yeah. But a little but like, bit, a he, little, he's he was old, a weird guy. He's like a guy who was older and like latched on to the hippie movement and ended up becoming like one of its founders, essentially. Like like a cultural like guy. So that's it. that's the the... The main reason why I like this film. So he's mm-hmm. born in thirty-seven. So he's in his thirties. In the sixties. In the sixties. Yeah. He Probably is late. not very boomer-esque. He's the real man. Um, yes, he is. I, I think he, <laughs> I think he's mislabeled, and that's why I kind of wanted to talk about this dude. Great. I mean, I'm willing to talk about yeah. it. I just think the movie's not good. So the movie is one of his stories where. I guess we could jump in. Well, real quick, do um, a little preface. Well, here? real quick, "Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas" is based on a book it was by a Hunter S. Thompson name. Mm-hmm. by the same name, semi autobiographical, and, and it was all, yes. and I believe it was done before with Bill Murray, where the buffalo, no, where the buffalo. Roam. It, that's not the same story. Okay, yeah. that movie I actually like. Where the Buffalo Roam, um, Bill Murray portrayed him to ill effect, based on what Hunter said. He actually said he was a, a horrible actor as him. Yeah. Yeah. Who wait, who said that? Hunter S. Thompson. He didn't like Bill Murray's performance. He was performance. like, Bill Murray did not do a good job. He said Johnny Depp did a better job, which we'll get into later well, on. Well, I, I don't think anybody's going to like the person pretending to be them. You know, I, no, Hunter said he did a good job. And he was friends with Johnny Depp afterwards. Johnny yeah, Depp lived with him. Yeah, from and what so I Bill understand, Murray. they had Bill a, Murray lived yeah. with him as well. Yeah, they were friends. Yeah. yeah. So. And supposedly Bill called up Johnny Depp when he was starring the movie, and he was like, your next movie after Fear and Loathing, you need to do something radically different because, mm-hmm. like, the character of Hunter S. Thompson, when you play him, it, like, stays on you. Really? Yeah. Do you think it stayed on him for, like, Pirates? I think he actually took a little bit of that. He moves like him at times. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's just Johnny Depp. I think that's when you move like a fucking junkie. <laughs> that was actually By one of way, Hunter S. Movie, Thompson's problems. This movie, I know there's some people that love it. Yeah. Cult classic. If you're, if you're a fucking, you're into drugs and you like this, you're going to hate all my takes with the movie. Mm-hmm. And I apologize because I've never liked drugs, really. Me and you are squares. We're squares. Yeah. yeah. We are... <laughs> We're the dudes at the cop, like, festival, you know? <laughs> We're the straight-laced dudes in the tie. <laughs> Screaming at the gay clerk. <laughs> so it's like, look, this movie is just not in our world. It's not no. something we yeah. like. It's not something we approve of. All right. And, like, I'm going to be a stick in the mud about it, and mm-hmm. that's who I am, and I'm sorry. I, I'm prefacing yeah. all the listeners right now. Yeah. Right. Like I fucking despise everything in this fucking movie I and do what think it stands this for. This is going this specific movie. Well, like why I picked it. Um, I do like the movie. Mm-hmm. I do like the story of Hunter, but I also think the message behind the the movie and the reason why it was made, the reason why the book was made. I think that's more of the topic of conversation. Than the movie itself, probably, but even, and I think that's going to come up a lot when once we we dive in and and you know dissect this a little. I don't I don't think I don't think anybody could watch this and be like, this is a movie about how drugs are bad. No, you're, it's glorified. Yeah, it's them. glorified. Drugs are great. Right. Yeah, look how fucking awesome it is. And that, to hang out and have trips in hotel rooms. That idea is such a just hippie fucking dumb premise Mm -hmm. that has that we're so far removed like we've had so much time to sit with that idea 
that anyone who still thinks that is retarded. Drugs have never improved yeah. the life of a single goddamn fucking person ever. Right. It's the most dangerous, destructive fucking thing in the fucking country. And you have fucking idiot teenagers who watch this shit and think this is funny and cool, and they fucking love this movie. This it, movie is fucking evil. <laughs> it's like a satanic movie. Do drugs, waste your fucking life, do trips in hotel rooms, see yeah. lizard people. It's fucking cool. No, it's not fucking yeah. good. I'm sorry. And like all this shit. Oh, the American dream is dead. We have to find it here. It's, it's like, like you killed, you killed it. it. <laughs> you fucking dumb hippies. You guys killed it with your fucking shitty drug use. This is what you I love. You fucked it up. <laughs> so... From I his, fucking hate this I hate goddamn them. movie. I hate them. Man, like just, just yes. <laughs> from, from his word, from his word, um, the movie uh, and the the reason why he, he wrote this was a reflection of the post mortem of the the sixties movement. Mm -hmm. Right, that's what it's about. The movie takes place in seventy one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It takes place in seventy one. This is after the hippie movement basically died. And the movie right? shows one trip to Vegas. In reality, mm -hmm. the book is based on two trips to Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah. I looked it up. Yeah, um, so it was it was a weekend where he was supposed to. He okay. So let's let's, I let's think, talk about Hunter for a second and just real asked. quick about just about you. You brought up the hippie movement and yes. and that late sixties thing. Mm -hmm. I think the bill was starting to come due around this time of the you know decade of straight decadence and fucking self indulgent garbage. Uh, I think the two events that kind of put the bookend on the sixties is one Altamont. Where the fucking well, the Stones were playing and the guy got stabbed. Okay, yeah, the Hell's Angels. Yeah, the Hell's Angels thing, and then Which I believe uh, Hunter. S. Well, Hunter S. Thompson on. wrote a book called Hell's wrote, Angels. He he stayed he, he with the like Hell's infiltrated Angels. the yes. Hell. I, I say infiltrate, but he really he really like just hung out with. He them. hung out with him. He has a book Hell's Angels in 1967. Yeah. It has a it's no it's called something else. It's, it's Hell's Angels, a strange and terrible saga, mm -hmm. and it was like him doing an expose. Okay. On it. He was witnessed like um, a lot of. Brutal things with the Hells Angels, and that, that was certainly the height of them. Yeah, uh, as a gang and as a, a criminal organization. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, and I think the other one is the Manson murders, mm -hmm. which happens in '69. I want to say. Uh, I believe so. I mean, Tarantino would tell you that that's like the kind of the end of uh, the American dream himself, and that's kind of what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is about. It it's symbolically i almost agree with that like it's like that's, this is what we've wrought that's the beginning of yeah. america losing it's like innocence kind of well well that's that's what no, they, that's i what i think it's it's say. like the this is it, like this is where we are now it's paving the way for the gritty 70s well the 70s are a miserable time in america yeah right um but yeah i'm sorry i interrupted you what were you saying steve well i i wanted to dissect the man and why he did what he did and sure you, you kind of started it right yeah he he was a reporter he hung out the hell's angels but a, he was a freelance journalist free, like he didn't he really work for he worked for himself and then would like sell articles he never said that he was a writer he's like i'm a journalist yeah and he invented gonzo journalism which is talking your inner monologue in the the actual article mm -hmm. itself which was kind of unheard of 
you you wanted to do biased reporting, and he kind of threw that on. He head. threw himself into whatever the action was right. the and became was, part of it. Right. And he told you from his story. From and I believe there's a documentary which I watched in 2008 called Gonzo. The Gonzo. I have it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you made me watch it when you were it, when yeah. you were heavily into Fear and Loathing. You're like, you got to watch this doc, man. Well, I think the also a part of that is while he was writing, he would be high as fuck. Yes. Like that's the yes. point. Like I'm going to do an insane amount of drugs and then write I, this. I, I think that's that is also from a later perspective on it. Um, that was he was a, a drug addict. Obviously, he abused drugs, but I don't think that was the point of of that. It wasn't like I, oh, that, I'm on drugs. Let me write this. It was I'm writing this, but I well, still do drugs. I saw a thing when I was looking up, you know, stuff about him that that said that when he wrote, um, oh God, I have it right here. Where the Buffalo Rolls. Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved. This was an article he wrote the fir- after yes. the first time he ever took drugs. He went mm-hmm. to the Kentucky Derby, got fucked up, and then wrote a thing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought it sucked. But then he got tons of great feedback on it where people loved it. Mm-hmm. And he and he went, after he wrote it, he was like, I'm never doing drugs and, and writing again. And then everybody loved it. So he's like, so all right, now well, now this to. is what I have to do. Yeah. It seems like he was the type of guy who understood very well his own mythology and character mm-hmm. and wanted to play up to it as much as humanly possible. He wanted to be his the legend. The legend. Yes. Yeah. So that like when people would meet him, it's like, yes, this He's is the guy. the guy I thought he was. Yeah. And he was very conscious of that and would do it to a point where it was self-destructive. Yeah. And Agreed. I mean that that became his legacy, right? Yeah. Well it eventually it all and it all goes to him blowing his own head off. Yeah. You know? Oh, he killed himself? Yeah. He killed himself with shot. I didn't remember. I, didn't, I remember he died. I didn't remember he blew his head off. So yeah. he also, like, his past, right, um, before he was a reporter, mm-hmm. he spent some time in the Air Force. Yes. Um, where he was a journalist in the Air Force. He was a journalist in the Air Force. That's where he found his Wait, craft. Wait, hold on real quick. What is a journalist doing in the Air Force? Are they doing, like, state-sponsored? Like, it's like uh, you never, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, you ever see Full Metal Jacket? I haven't. I've. Honestly, I haven't seen it in years, and I think I've only sat through the whole it's thing. A military once. reporter, it's a guy writing, yeah. you know, for the army, the Air Force newspaper. Okay, and if they have to fight, then here's a gun, you know, like, or in his case, a Air Force. Yeah, you know, um, he wanted to be a pilot, was not able to. Um, I'm a pilot, so I belong in the air. <laughs> also, the man was obsessed with football and guns. He was as American as you can think. Yes. So He's a sportsman, which is kind of why I I hate hearing like the oh he was the you know picturesque of like that that hippie and boomer movement. He kind of fell into that. He never sought out to be that. Uh, you he know, was very, he was very anti-government. I I think you're basing that imagery on modern left wingers, whereas I think there was a lot more grit to the left in the '60s. Yes. Sure. Yeah. And they and it was b- about being an active, you know, like I'm I'm it's all about around. the Black yeah. Panther standing there with assault rifles. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know that's Yeah. Sure, maybe. It's it's definitely that there's a manliness to it. There's you know, it's guys that read Jack Kerouac and fucking watched Easy Rider and decided that we it were fucking blue haired people right, screaming right, and crying because right. the president lost the election. It's people it's people being like individualists. Mm-hmm. At the expense of society, you know, mm. like fuck okay. everything yeah. else. Hedonistic pleasure. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit of background for him. 
right. and, and we can kind of we can dive into the movie. I guess uh, how this happened was he was right. He got a a job to write for I believe Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated, yeah. And he had to go cover the Mint Four Hundred or Mint Five Hundred or something like that, like a dirt bike race. Um, he actually yeah, liked it's something it. no one cares. He about. actually liked it, but like exactly. So he's he like, was supposed. This is just so, going to be a weekend for me. And it was for Rolling Stone magazine. So, yeah, something. Yeah. Like that. No, no. So it was for Sports Illustrated, the Derby oh. thing. Mm-hmm. What happened was he wrote. He was supposed to write like four hundred words on it, and he came back with sixty pages. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He wrote them a whole fucking thing, and they were like, "No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what we paid you for." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and he had to put it somewhere else, and I think then it went to Rolling Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was like, "Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll use this." Yeah, it was the Mint 400. That's yeah. why he was sent there. But in the movie, it opens with a quote. Um, a quote that Avenged Sevenfold would later use. Yes. Bat country. Bat country, he yeah. Who makes... Well, not just that. He who gets rid of the pain of... He who makes a beast, beast out of himself, himself gets rid of the, the pain, pain of, of being, being a man. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And that's how Avenged Sevenfold starts Bat country. Yeah, <laughs> which is also, you know, fear and loathing. This is yeah. Bat country. Can't right. stop here. Exactly. A lot of famous uh, quotes from this. They're on the edge of the desert. There's bats. He's running around with a fly swatter. He's being all wacky and high. Yeah. And that's the whole movie. They have either in the trunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. They pick him up. He and he's a weirdo. He's a hitchhiker. He is based off a real hitchhiker that they picked mm-hmm. up. That's what he looked like. <laughs> that's what he said? Yeah. Yeah. They picked up a hitchhiker randomly. Okay. Just yeah. saying. Does it add anything? Okay. Nope. No. It's just a weird, funny thing. I they, guess. So they, this is showing... they mouth off to him and, and say wacky shit, and he gets scared and runs away. He gets scared and runs away, which actually happened, showing that these two were not the best of people. They're, they're weirdos, anti-societal. But you're supposed to like um, them. And you kind of like them, yeah. That's that's the, the trope there. Uh-huh. Well, they're, um, ju- they're just out of control. Yep. He calls, yeah. uh, he calls um, <laughs> Benicio Del Toro a Samoan. Samoan. So he is. Based, he, he is. Samoan. He is a real guy. No, he's Mexican. His name's Oscar. The actor. I mean, his characters are Samoan. No, his characters are Mexican. Really? Yeah. The, the real guy's oh. name is Oscar. Is Oscar? Oh, he is Mexican. Oscar Zeta Acosta. Yeah. And he's a Mexican dude. Oh, okay. That dude, he actually uh, has an, an interesting story. He, that, yeah, he was a lawyer. He was uh, a lawyer. Also a brutal criminal. <laughs> Yeah, he's actually like a dangerous fucking dude. Yeah, he was a scary guy. Actually, well, he comes off that way in the movie. Benicio that's del Toro. That's the best scene in. That's the best and only great. good scene in the entire movie. When he's in the diner. Benicio's oh, great in this. That is a good scene. Yes. Yeah. He's great in this. Mm-hmm. Benicio's a great actor. Very scary. And according to Hunter, he was like, yes, Oscar was a scary guy, mm-hmm. but he didn't like how he made him sloppy. He was like, like no, fat. This guy was like, at times well-dressed and can turn on mm-hmm. and off that like craziness and uh-huh. be very suave, pick up women. Charming. Well, he was a Charming. lawyer. He was yeah. a lawyer, but he was a dangerous man. Yeah, you get no hint that this guy could ever be in a courtroom no. in, the, in the movie. <clears throat> <laughs> well, they're all. both Not wild animals from yeah. start to finish. Right. Yes. They almost, they have no moments of humanity or being like good people in any way. No, I don't even need them to be good people, but they're like not even human. You're That's right. What I mean. Wild animals is a good way to describe them. They are that... wild animals. They're not fit for society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I'm watching. I'm like, can someone kill them? The yeah. world would be a better place if they were both shot in the fucking head. <laughs> can someone guess kill what? them? 
kind of happened. <laughs> so um, he took care of it himself. No, Oscar. <laughs> Oscar. Well, oh, Oscar. I, I don't know about all this. Right, so all okay. right, I want to talk about Oscar real quick. Yeah. So they met because um, Thompson wrote an article about Acosta for Rolling Stone, and they mm-hmm. became friends. Yeah. And they wanted to travel together, and they kind of couldn't because he's like, you're a lawyer, I'm a writer, we can't kind of be co- like together. So that's why they traveled under incognito. their- Incognito. Incognito under the aliases. Raul Duke. Raul Dr. Duke Gonzo. and Dr. Gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> and they became friends in all this. Um, eventually, uh, in 1974, I believe, uh, Raul, uh, what's it? Gonzo. Gonzo, Oscar. Gonzo the Great. Gonzo the Great. <laughs> Shot out of a cannon in New Mexico. <laughs> And he was definitely shot landed in a chicken coop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was with Camilla. Yeah. Um, he uh he vanished mm-hmm. and no one knows what happened to him mm. since then. P- some people think he was killed by the cartel, I others think, so. think he was overdosed. Right. Bottom line is no one ever seen or has seen or heard from him again. Right. The, the last, and what year is that that he vanished? 1974. The last not I long believe, after this. You can correct me if I'm wrong. The last person who saw him was his son he called his son on the phone he called his son on the phone and he was like getting on a boat or something with some people and uh that was it gotta make some calls he was probably murdered there's a good chance he was murdered uh there was also he he was he was the lawyer for i believe a couple of like murderers Mm -hmm. he was on like serious cases if i i could be mistaken that's actually from hunter's own mouth he was like i was we were federal criminals but he was defending murderers mm-hmm. so he's like he's a criminal defending criminals right and one reason also why they wanted to be under aliases was they didn't want to disbar him so in the movie and the book hunter was like we'll put we'll use the alias and we're not going to do anything the book almost wasn't published because oscar was like no i want credit for this like i don't want yeah you. and hunter was like you'll be disbarred you can't do that yeah. we're actually You'll be in the world that we're committing federal crimes. <laughs> and uh, Oscar was like, okay, we'll just put a picture on the back. And he got disbarred for it. Hunter was right. He did. He got disbarred for it. For being on well, the it. back. And it's like, hey, that's what you get. But now. <laughs> he told you what was going to happen. You're, you're basically a lawyer for all these criminals. Right. And that could Is the happened. implication that he had sex with Christina Ricci? Christina Ricci, he did. Ha- in the movie, yes. Uh, I will get into it later. That's actually something completely different. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, they took two trips together and they were wrote into a book of this. And, you yeah. know, the guy vanished after he disappeared. Hunter Thompson later wrote an article memorializing his friend called um, Where the Buffalo Roam, I believe. Oh, and is that what the that's what that's the, the Bill Murray, that's Bill what the Murray, Bill Murray movie about. is kind of based on? I see. And Bill Murray's walking around with the pistol shooting things, and that's have very much that, like Hunter. Have you seen that movie? Oh, uh, I'm I, sorry. The article I've is, seen parts of it. The article is the Banshee screams for buffalo meat, and where the buffalo roam mm-hmm. is it's a line is a line from the thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I've I should watch that. I haven't seen it in forever. The Bill so. Murray version I like. I actually like yeah. that movie. Yeah, and I kind of like. I don't hate the Rum Diaries, which is kind of the prequel to this. Mm-hmm. You ever see that one? Nope. That's John. That's where Johnny Depp met Amber Heard. That's where his life started to ruin. Well, that was yeah. He did that after this movie. As it's like, a prequel, right? You know, yeah. It's young Hunter S. Thompson and I believe Cuba. Uh huh. Right before maybe it, was, it might have been Brazil. I know he worked in Brazil. Brazil. Speaking of Brazil, Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Let's talk about him. Terry Gilliam. 
So because I got some funny stuff that Hunter this said is the about perf- this guy. This is the perfect movie for Terry Gilliam to make. Why? Really? Because he's a boomer who hates America. <laughs> and that is that is the perfect attitude for this to make. He's also good at shooting like weird nightmarish shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's perfect at that. And in fact, it feels weird. The movie point. is as random and as slapdash as his fucking as his Monty cartoons Python on Monty Python. Python. Yeah, that's funny you said that. So Gilliam, <laughs> obviously, he is. And I love Terry Gilliam. I so do I. Yeah, he's one of the Monty Python guys who yes. all three of us adore. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love his movies too. He's yes. a great director. Yeah. And as far as those three or four, what is it? Four movies? Uh, Holy Grail. Did he? He directed Holy Grail, right? Um. No. Was didn't he have to split that? I with, think he um, just, with with Graham Chapman, maybe. Yeah. No. With um. Terry Jones. Terry, Terry Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's Holy Grail. Me. Uh. Ma- the meaning of life, which I know we quote probably more yeah. than anything. Yep. Um. Life of Brian, another one. And now yeah. for something completely different. And now for something different. completely different, which is just sketches from the show. Uh, all of those are some of the funniest things ever made, in yes. my opinion. I'm with you, yeah. Uh, then you've got Time Bandits, which is one of my favorite like children's movies. Great, like great. As a kid growing up, yeah. I fucking adore Time Bandits. Brazil. Uh, Brazil is fantastic. Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Munchausen is fantastic. Even monkeys. though that's like a bomb. Twelve Monkeys is awesome. Twelve Monkeys is legit one of the best sci-fi movies ever. <laughs> it's great. And then you get this. You get this. And it's like I didn't know it was him when, when I started watching it last night. Yeah, and then you when you texting. when you when you told me, I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. Because some of the, you know, you see some of the same actors pop up that are in the other yeah. things. Um but it's like I don't get what he what this is. Like it's not there's no story. There's no point to it. We don't it's- get anything out of it. <laughs> I I I really feel it's literally like a boomer just jacking off at boomer shit. I honestly feel like the movie was made. It's a movie I feel that was designed to be a cult movie for young drug addicts to find in their early teens and twenties and go, this is the fucking way, man. Was that's honestly what I feel the movie is for. It's like a a guy who's he's probably in his forties at that point when he makes the movie. And he he's just going, remember how good it used to be, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so he was born in nineteen. Remember how cool it used to be? So yeah, he's like he's fifty-four, basically. Yeah. So the <laughs> about this movie. Uh the budget. Fairly low, eighteen million. Yeah. Made um, thirteen million to bomb. It flopped. Yeah, it flopped. The reason why it flopped, they they said because the book sales actually that month for Fear and Loathing was the highest ever. It was actually a top seller for a while because of the movie. Of course. Um the producers felt when they gave it to Universal, they were like, who is this for? They did like a nice little test. Good question. Yeah. And they well, go. I heard Hunter S. Thompson in the test screening went ape shit. Like, he hated it. No, that's not what I heard. He, he loved hated it. a lot of it. From what I heard is in the test screening, he was like, oh, I remember this. This is bad country. And <laughs> like he was like into the movie remembering uh-huh. yeah. what happened in real life. Well, he's probably fucked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there's certain things he loved, there's certain things he hated. Um the guy from Universal was very worried because it's like, who's it for? And people like surfers, um, <laughs> stoners, surfers. and smart people. That's what they said. And he goes, smart oh, people. I swear to God, this is what the producer said. Because they throw in little and things know, like imagery crap. of Vietnam. Yeah. And Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon's a fascist, man. <laughs> and like someone who's like a midwit is going to be like, that means something. That's important. <laughs> 
you know? <laughs> Someone who thinks they're intelligent but isn't actually is, is going to look at that and go, yeah, I like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. This is, speaks to me. <laughs> so two more things about uh, how Hunter felt about You know this. some people are going to absolutely hate me and you from this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, he said now this is a, a little rating you might have to bleep this out mm-hmm. um he said johnny johnny's mannerisms can you say it like hunter i probably can i can't i don't think i could do a can hunter. you try uh I, johnny I, I i can't i don't think i, I, don't, I don't think i can you know? uh he said johnny was <laughs> prancing around like a queer <laughs> He said he hated that. He's like, that's not him. As he was prancing around. Like he, was prancing around <laughs> he also said Terry Gilliam. He had something to say about him. Mm-hmm. He said Terry was a whiny f- cartoonist for putting homosexual undertones. I'll uh, bleep that one word. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. That's right. a direct and quote. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Can you say it again without the slur? I'm leaving it in. I just want to. The slur? He said, said a word that we can't have, you know. That's what he said, though. I just know, bleep but it out. I'm gonna bleep. What, I'm gonna bleep it. All right, just say it again. I, I kind of missed the end. He said he was a whiny hmm, cartoonist for putting homosexual undertones in it between the two guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't get homosexual undertones, did you? I didn't either. That's also why I was very confused because Hunter saw if you were like just close to someone, like like if I just put my arm around Ant, mm-hmm. it's a homosexual undertone. <laughs> Like so we're talking he wasn't like, comfortable with his sexuality at all because he's repressed. I mean, I, that, I'm, uh, I'm just making aspersions. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I found that very odd considering. But yeah, you know who loves Andreas Thompson? Who? Q. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Benicio. Great actor. Gained 40 pounds for this role. Yeah, that was not a fat. Suit. A, he was a big, he's guy. a big fat guy. <laughs> you ever see? And he um, does a great job. I mean, yeah. it's just he was a bond no henchman. Was he? Yeah, he played Dario. And what? In License to Kill, and he's young. He's like eighteen. I think it might be his first movie. Is that the last um... Timothy Dalton? Oh, hmm. I was. I thought it was Roger Moore. No, he plays um like the nephew of uh, Sanchez. That's the villain, mm-hmm. and he's like a evil henchman. And Bond ends up putting him into a into like a meat grinder thing. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that that's his first movie. But he's a great actor. I love him in everything. Mm-hmm. Usual Suspects. Yeah, the Last Jedi. Jedi. He's the best thing in that. <laughs> 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 the Last Jedi is the best of the new Star Wars trilogy. How about that? You really want people to hate you, huh? I'm telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Which, wait, refresh my memory because I'm not good with this. Which one was the blue milk? That was Let the last Jedi. Jedi. And that was the last Jedi. <laughs> the Force Awakens is the worst one, and that's the one people like. Uh-huh. Because I blame Force Awakens for creating the for, other two. For creating for the other two. And Last Jedi was put in a spot. They did the only thing they could do. Try to blow up the entire mm-hmm thing to create something, something new. new yeah why why pretend anymore let's just go full well it was already crazy. ruined with force yeah. awakens so he tried something mm-hmm. and then they were like no 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 we'll just you know undo all of this and you know then they did the third one which is fucking abysmal right so the story back to the movie so you you may not know this about oh now. george oh god. <laughs> oh god you're talking about star wars yeah. george is here 
You may not know this about uh, Benicio del Toro. What's that, George? His character in the movie was a gambler. <laughs> okay. And on his native planet, they gamble. Okay. And they it's play casino a, planet. It, it, he's he's visiting the casino planet, but he also gambled on his home planet. Okay. What does he gamble on? They gambled a game. It was similar to rock paper scissors, but they use their genitals. <laughs> they, they each person has three sets of genitals. Is that how it goes on and, them? And so they, a triple organ. And and they rotate. Yes, they're triple organs. And <laughs> and you put out, you know, like balls, penis, or your vagina. What beats what? Balls beats vagina. Okay. Oh no, vagina beats balls. Uh huh. Oh right. Penis beats vagina. Makes sense. And balls beats. <laughs> what does vagina beat? Oh, vagina beats balls. balls. Okay. And balls beats penis. Okay. And they would play, it. and um, the the loser of the game, typically. Would would have would why was that the funniest word? <laughs> they were they were typically have to um, drink the juices of the victor out of a shot glass. Wow! So just, and it was real gambling. So if you lose, you have to it's you cookie. have to only. Drink. <laughs> well, it's it's blue. It's just cookie. It's like a blue it's milk cookie. cookie. <laughs> Oh, oh my God, George! It's, it's like a blue milk, and that's what they played on his milk. native planet. What's the planet uh, called? Cumdelinger. Cumdelinger. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Yeah. See, I, and right. here I was thinking that you had been kind of sidelined for that movie, and you you really didn't have much to do with it. They contacted me. Yeah. They. they <laughs> They said, look, we know you're out of the universe, but would you mind filling in just backstory on some of these characters? Yeah. You got hard hearing the word fill said, in. I said, yes, you know, let's do it. And, you know, I actually had some suggestions about Ray. Really? Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, what, what did you, did they go with it? They didn't go with it on this or Rogue One. So they, they actually, uh, both actresses, their, their front teeth are not bucked. They're not buck teeth. But if you, because of me, I went and I said, what if we gave these British actresses kind of like a cute little overbite and we made them bigger? Bigger mm. teeth. I like big bigger. teeth. Big bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's bigger to bite with. Yeah. Right. You like, you like biting, George? I do. Oh. Yeah. George, I, like to, I, like to, I like to get nibbles on. Explain the kinks. <laughs> I, li I like when I'm George bit. has kinks. <laughs> bit. Yeah, it reminds me of when I, when I would lay with Wookies, and I would let them bite me. Oh, no. You would lay with Wookies. Yeah, we call them love nibbles, <laughs> and they'd be all over my body. Aren't Wookies like go, six foot men in suits? <laughs> I would go, Chewbacca, can I have some nibbles? Oh, I don't like the way you do that. It sounds like Uncle Paul. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Some nibble. No, I'm Uncle George. You see, <laughs> right. it's like poetry because it, it rhymes. rhymes. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really all about family. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's really yeah. So uh, Benicio, I thought when you when you watch the movie, he imbues this in his character perfectly, and the jittery energy yeah. can only be from someone who has played several games of know, of uh, blue milk of cuma drinkers, cuma drinkers, <laughs> which they play on cum dinglers. So, you know, I'm going to go now. Uh, bye, George. Oh, no. It's bye. nice to see you again. It's been a while. Thank yeah. <laughs> very nice of you. Guys, I just took a piss. Oh, uh, you missed George Lucas no! again. You seem to always miss him. You know, you're, you're always right there. And, uh, 
Okay. I don't even know what the fuck we were talking about. <laughs> Some boomer shit. <laughs> Some boomer stuff. Benicio Del Toro. Do you guys like that other drug movie from the 90s uh, with the ass to ass? That one is good. Requiem for a Dream? Yes. Yeah, I like it. That one is good because well, it shows drugs ruin your life. It's not <laughs> true. Jennifer Connelly, one of the hottest women who ever lived. Yeah. Sure. I haven't seen that in many, many years. I really don't remember anything that happens in, oh. other than the ass to ass. Well, that's the main thing to remember. Mm. And I think Jared Leto use, loses his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, from infection. And the mother, infection. like, the teeth, her refrigerator comes to life or something. She gets, like, electroshock. Electro it was when we were kids, psycho. our junkie friends loved those two movies. Requiem for a Dream so and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Requiem for a Dream is a better movie. Um, Fear and Loathing, it's... The movie itself is, eh, but the the actual stories behind it are better, like the reasoning mm -hmm. and everything like that. Right, and that's why it, Hunter said it himself. This movie isn't a drug movie. It's not a bullshit. He said it's a a pro freedom movie. Uh huh. That's what he said. Um, yeah, because the fascists are trying to keep you from checking into hotel rooms right. like a normal person. Yeah, the fascists <laughs> are the, pi the, the pigs want you to go through airport security. So uh, this is that's private I, business that doesn't want you destroying their property. I, I wanted to that to asshole car rental guy that doesn't want you driving drunk. Right, what right. a scumbag! What a what a right. fucking loser! Uh, there was you're part of the system, man. Left out of the book and the movie. Um, which he said, and I think it kind of, wait, it was left out of the book and the and movie. The movie. Yeah. So, the so book... you didn't write it. How can you blame the movie for not putting it in? Okay. I won't explain it. No, no, <laughs> well, you understand. <laughs> fuck. Let me talk, you fuck. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> I let you rant bullshit for fucking 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the book was written from recording. So he's walking around the movie with a recorder. That's what he would do because he gets yeah. fucked up and he has he can't remember. He can't remember what he did. Yeah. But the recordings were there. A lot of the conversations taking place over the weekend were about Nam. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Vietnam was a huge part sure, of this. Yeah. And in fact, it's probably the 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 main focal point of why he of what was they're obsessed the way with. he was. Yeah. So that had to be taken out of the book and the movie because then it becomes very uh Vietnam heavy, you know? is like that's something we actually what, have to talk about here. What hippies, you know, will defend themselves with. You yes. know, it's like, yeah, you guys were right. Vietnam was not good. It's fucking horrible. And it's the government overreaching and being evil. You, you nailed it. Good job. But that doesn't mean you rip down all of civilization because of that. You know, yeah, maybe, you just, yeah. maybe you just fix that one thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was when I saw the one when I saw the leak in my house, I knew I needed to burn my house down and become a Marxist. I knew that destroying the entire system was the only uh, way. I think I guess we have the the gift of hindsight here, too. 100 percent. Uh, yeah. And the reason why, because I think you two, as harsh as you are on this, are not completely valid in saying some of these things. Okay. And I'll explain why. Um, yes, Vietnam was evil. And having the perspective that you're getting recruited for a proxy war is pretty horrible. Because if we yeah. were recruited for a proxy war, we'd probably have stronger feelings about the government. I don't. I have that, no. On, I don't on, blame on, draft dodgers. I'm not. No, I'm not you know? talking about draft dodgers either. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm just talking about the horror of your best friend being drafted to go to war for something that's bullshit. Yeah, like, it's that's fucking horrible. horrible. Well, right? if it's you, my day would be made. Let's talk about the second. <laughs> let's talk about the second part. The government oversight thing, where it's like, oh, we have to fix this one part. Well, when you're when the, when hunters talk about fascism, was he too far off? Considering we live in a security state right now, yes, he far off? because he's pointing his finger his finger in the wrong direction. What do you mean? Yeah, because he'll he, the same guy will sit there and be like JFK is God and fucking we're, we he's the, he, been the big literally right. he's still at faith yeah, in the, the system. The guy who's way, like yeah. Jimmy Carter yeah. got him elected pretty much. You know, right. like you if you don't recognize that the evil is completely pervasive all around. Mm-hmm. Like, then I'd be like, the yeah, you're so- right. The only solution is more evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Because at the right. end of the day, all these fucking pro-freedom boomers, they're all fucking Marxists. Yeah. Yes. Every one yeah, of these guys yeah. became communist professors. So it's like, so it's like, <laughs> it's like none of them actually believe in freedom. Yeah. They're all goddamn oh, fucking God. communists. Yeah. I had to stop for a second. I was like, he didn't become a communist. No, I no not him specifically. Yeah, 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> these are the people that ruin the fucking country yeah. to this day. Yeah. <laughs> they honestly are the most destructive force in human history. Like, they put World Bur- War II like to the, shame. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's no recovering from what they've done. They've poisoned <laughs> generations of people. Yes. They've completely infected yeah. the entire nation. Yes. <laughs> the Cold War is lost in this moment, in, like, the movie. Like in in nineteen like sixties, mm-hmm. it's already but, lost. No, well, they're already infecting society. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, in the in the long run. Yeah, <laughs> like if the battle is lost before, like the shadow that these fucking people cast is so long, we still live in it. Yeah, and will till we die. <laughs> Our kids will be living in it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's fucking movie. All right, so. I love it. So they, they they keep doing drugs. Toby Maguire runs away, and now they're in Old Vegas. And I do I like the shots of Old Vegas. Yeah, that's all nice. Yeah, they all they actually shot in a real casino. Mm-hmm. And it's the circus casino. They they were given um certain tables, and they were told the extras have to gamble. Okay. They, yeah. So the extras were made to gamble in the casino. Like for real. Yeah, because I guess they didn't want to lose win? money. I guess they I won. Know. I guess they lost. Probably I guess they lost. did it all. It's all real. <laughs> they probably lost. Um, <laughs> so this is a shocker. They do more drugs. Carousel Bar. So they go to the circus-like tent ca- casino. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, well, they have the whole check-in scene where they're all fucked up. They found a person who worked at the hotel to describe how they were. Okay. And that's what they were like. They were just weird, drugged out people who were like making everyone uncomfortable and had to escort them to their room. That's all. Nothing crazy happened. How exciting. Let's make a movie about it. Nothing really crazy there. I literally see that when I walk through Penn Station. Just them doing drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I literally watch this movie every day when I walk through Penn Station. It's just open air heroin addicts fucking (laughs) wandering around like zombies. That's it. That's what this is. If you take out, like, we're seeing it from their perspective. I don't give a fuck about their perspective. The real perspective is the guy sitting in the room watching two fucking morons go like this. The worker, yes. deal- <laughs> Wait, the workers that have to deal with this fucking yeah. bullshit. When you take away the hallucinations, yeah, like yeah. that, the movie That's is the just- whole movie. 
<laughs> yeah, they look like the inflatable tube arm people. Yeah, yeah. They're really getting real insight on the on the nature of the cosmos with that fucking bullshit. So they go to a <laughs> so they go to a bar and they see dinosaurs and monster people. Lizard people. Yes. And and it looks great. You know, it, it looks, looks good. cool. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, It reminded me of the Mario movie. <laughs> <laughs> Much better film. <laughs> I would rather watch that. The I love mud. <laughs> it's dirty and it's and clean, clean at the same, same time. time. Oh, the, uh, okay. The, <laughs> the original. The original. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Super Mario Bros. movie. I'm like, yeah, I'd watch that any day. Oh, what? The CG the new one, thing? Yeah, the new one was did you, great. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I did it's not. It's fantastic. Dude, it's like top 10. Especially right? like as someone who grew up playing the games, you'll, you'll you're love You're going to love it. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're going to love it. Uh, they did a fantastic job. Um, the lizard thing. He said that uh, that's obviously he hated the fact that Terry Gilliam never did these drugs because he's not going to portray it correctly. And he was like, I basically was telling Oscar there's lizards all over when I was fucked up just to fuck with them. And Oscar had a freak out and like he know, saw it. He started seeing In the movie. It's kind of the other way around. It's the opposite. Yeah. So they Terry kind of made it more artistic than it, than he wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make it entertaining he's movie to make it out entertaining. of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> He is which, given like an impossible task. Which, once again, I'm not. I'm not joking. I don't think, and this is a compliment to Terry. I don't think any director could make this into a compelling like story or movie. Well, it's not there. And I think no. he's the only one to even get at least something interesting in there. The producer said it's like impossible content. Like, there's how are you going to make a film uh-huh. out of this? You know, it's like and. That, that's why it failed. Like, I know? get if if some someone could theoretically read the ramblings in the book and and get something out of it, because I assume that there's more going. I haven't read it, but I assume that there's more going on in his writing than what we see on the screen. Well, it's a but, it's a commentary on the American dream in the worst place. Uh huh. That's what it is. So Vegas. Like, no matter what, right. it's, it's, it's kind of a, a city of, of vice. It's a city of sin. Yeah. Right? It's the worst place. So Did you come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a city of sin, worst place on earth. And this is a commentary on, you know, just America. That's all yeah. it is. So, yeah. Uh, it, how do you really put that into a film? That's tough. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, uh, in the movie, in the movie, we get to the part where... Uh, they go to the dirt race, and this is like a funny visual gag. He's trying to walk around with the beer in like the dirt storm. Yeah, and yeah. and like yeah. it's just filling up with dirt. Yeah, dust. It's, it's like, funny. Fuck this. Mm-hmm. He ends this. up firing the photographer who wants to do his job. What an asshole! <laughs> the guy's trying to do what he was paid to get there and do. Yeah, he can't well, hang. Yeah, fucking jerk off trying to work. <laughs> Can I? I want to. <laughs> I just had a, a thought and a memory. Like, be this was you love this as a young man. This movie, yeah, 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 I like it. And and I think um, part of that may play into some of your attitudes at the time that I'm remembering. So when you worked at, at the stock market, you were a um, what was it? You uh, commodity commodities trader, trader right? Yeah. And uh, you had there was like a job opening, and you were offering it to one of our friends. <laughs> And yeah, he, he had to get sober though. Yeah, yeah, but you were like, 
I couldn't offer it to like one of you guys, me and me and Brian, yeah. because you just wouldn't be able to hang with that crew. They're just too wide. Uh, 100% you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you disagree after hearing those stories? No, I don't. You're right. I couldn't have hung with them. But it's about doing a job, not fucking like jerking off. But that's but what know. really matters yeah. at the job, man. But I'm just, but like a, when, when you said like right, they, well, fu- they fired the photographer guy because he couldn't hang. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. But they, they didn't. <laughs> it's not because he couldn't hang. It is because he couldn't hang. No, it wasn't. Because he wanted to do the he job. He wanted to do his job. He was Hunter doing... S. Thompson's like, you're an asshole. Yeah, because <laughs> for wanting to work. You're trying to take pictures in a dust storm. You're not going to get pictures. This he is said, stupid I'm work. adjusting my light, trying to make it work. He goes, I'm going to try to switch the lenses <laughs> until I can get it to see yeah. in the dust storm. It He's may like, be, this is stupid. It may be a very hopeless task. Yeah, it's a hopeless task. <laughs> but, you're, you're, you're jerking but off it, trying but to But the do guy job. has a job when he's yeah. trying to do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and Hunter was like, no, you're not going to be able to succeed. This is stupid. And want to go do something else. I'm going to do drugs now. That's much better. <laughs> so now they get high again. Shocker. <laughs> And, Shocker. And, Shocker. and and they see Debbie Reynolds is there and she has a sold out show. And missing Cameron Diaz. Did I skip that? Yeah. I thought that's after. No. Oh yeah, Cameron Diaz is in the Cameron Diaz is, is in, in a, the elevator. An elevator, okay. and it just shows how Oscar's like a murderous person, kind of. He's being very intimidating. Okay. He walks around with a, a knife and he threatens the photographer. Yeah. Um yeah, he was like that, apparently. <laughs> he would just be, yeah. like, threatening people. So now they, they want to go see Debbie Reynolds. And they decide that what they must do, because they're high, is get into Debbie Reynolds. And they don't have tickets. And the, the clerk is very nice to them. Mm-hmm. And he decides to let them in if they'll sit in the back and not smoke. They get thrown out within seconds because they're wild fucking animals. <laughs> and at this point. That's I, the joke, though. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. At this point, I wrote down in my notes. I go, where is the mob to kill these jerk offs? <laughs> I'm always told that that like Vegas built uh, was built. Oh, by the, the mafia. Mob. And I'm like, where is the mafia? They were kind of gone by this point. We needed them back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Can, like I'm, the whole time I'm like, I just wish someone would show up and just Joe Pesci him and put his head in a fucking seventy one. They were gone. You know, I really don't know. I'm kind of talking out my ass. They were there. Seventy one. You, I don't know. They were there. Like Luciano was gone. I, Maya I Lansky's dead. Like the mob is yeah. not <laughs> dead. Yeah. The mob isn't like two or three people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They were there. I'm sure they were there. Yeah. Were there. The movie Casino exists. Yeah, I'm just. Oh like, yeah, good point. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, can someone fucking kill you me? You firing me? No, I'm not firing you. I'm firing you. <laughs> <laughs> this scene. Ace is high. That is uh, coming up when they're in the hotel room. Okay. Um, the scene that you like, it's kind of like where this leads to. So they're, they're hanging out in a hotel. They're doing a bunch of drugs. They're ordering room service. They're, being, they're destroying the place, mm-hmm. right? This, the way it looks is great. Like the way the lighting is set up, mm-hmm. the way the camera angles, yeah. very Terry Gilliam. Did we miss a uh, mini me? Did they run a mini me yet? He pops up like yes. half a he second. He was in the Vern Troy, um, Troyer. Oh, Vern Troyer, excuse me. And also, I believe Penn and Teller are in it. Penn, Penn is there, yeah. yeah. Is there, yeah. So they're in the casino. The truth horrors of Vegas. Yeah. Look at the comedian. <laughs> He's going to tell you F you and show you bullshit. <laughs> Those are two pen shows. Yes. It's good. 
It's good. Penn is like the the ultimate embodiment of this whole attitude. Of Vegas, yeah. Of of this movie. Of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they do have a lot of cameos. There's a lot, yeah. <laughs> Does John Ritter show up? Was that John Ritter? From the problem child? Yeah, and Three's Company. Or am I crazy? I don't know. I thought I thought I saw John Ritter in there. He's dead. He is dead, yeah. Uh, I'm not tragically. Him. I must have been wrong. I don't remember how though. It was like some rant, some freak accident. He had a heart attack on the set of uh, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughters. I'm shocked that you got that just off the top of your head. It was very yeah, good. Yeah, I used to watch it. Yeah. Oh, really? What What are the eight rules? They never lay them out specifically. It was basically like his, his daughters were really hot. Every episode's one rule. Yeah. Eight episode show. It's a mini series. It's like rich man, poor man. Yeah. Dad in front of the camera just says one rule, done. It's like a minute. They tried to replace him after he left with like, um, it was either his wife's brother who came to Be stay home with before the family. 11. And it was David Spade. David Spade. Yeah. I like David Spade. Damn last. The daughters I thought were really hot, though. That's mm. why I liked it. Kaylee Kuka was one of them. Oh, oh. wasn't she on The Big Bang Theory? Yeah, this this yeah, was her yeah. breakout. This was mm. her first role. God, The Big Bang Theory. All right, let's talk about the hippies thing? doing more drugs. Well, let's talk about Hunter throwing an orange at Benicio's head. It's Look, funny. He wants to be killed <laughs> at the height a, of White Rabbit. He's on a, like a giant sheet of acid. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be electrocuted. At the height of White Rabbit, yes. And he's like, okay, I'll do it for you. Yeah. And he takes an orange and takes Throws, it in the head. Yeah. Very he, funny. Very funny. Yeah, that is that is funny. Yeah. And, um, you know, now they're together, and he smokes weed, and he's imagining, like, Jefferson Starship. He goes Airplane. back to his past. In San Francisco, in yes. In San Francisco, yeah. Yeah. Which is like a 60s club, and... And Flea shows Flea, up. Uh, Flea yeah, is Flea is there. And, and also... uh. Hunter has a cameo in this scene. Does he? Yeah, he's the old. He says, "Oh, it's me." He goes, and "Tim, there I am." The real and guy. Goes, oh shit, there uh, I was. And yeah. it's, it's him sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Hunter said it was a terrible experience. <laughs> he didn't like being in the movie. He hated being on set for eight hours for like two for seconds. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how movies are made. Elaine, you Sorry, don't like you the movie. Could... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like the movie. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> enough, enough about the stupid desert. What is it? Like, yeah, <laughs> Just die already. You're finally great on the outside. <laughs> so they're doing drugs in the fucking bathroom and they're like sucking acid or flea starts sucking acid off of his, off of his jacket and some straight asshole. Some what a fucking <laughs> jerk off comes out of the bathroom as like, Look at this weird shit happening. And he goes to the bar and Hunter's like, that's going to stay with him the rest of his life. Yeah. He'll be yeah. fucked up realizing he never knows what pleasures we know of sucking <laughs> acid off a man's jacket in the bathroom. <laughs> that fucking asshole working a job and living a life. What a fucking jerk. I don't think you got the joke. <laughs> it's a joke. It was just a joke. It's a joke, but there's meaning behind it. I agree with Brian 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, I know, but it's just a joke. I understand like a, the joke. And it's, it's, it it's funny. Yes. It's I'm a, a guy who pulled joke. my pants down to my ankles yes. at a urinal in a truck stop. Yeah. Got my bare ass at one piece. Right. Just I some piece the, weird. Yeah. I get the joke. That's yeah. the joke. You did the joke. It's funny. I'll tell you what. 
I actually think like the we kind of our little friend group kinds to revel in bizarre shit a lot. Yeah. Not that I'm gonna bring up some of the stories, but if you told them to like outsiders, it's nothing, you know? Like it, it they wouldn't you had to be there. You know what I mean? Like him telling the fucking the sleeve thing, the acid on the sleeve, it's like Brian's right. The purpose of it is to be like that guy isn't in with the cool guys. He says I it. Think, yeah, you know? I, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He said he said that guy will return to his life of yeah. not doing drugs, never knowing what he's missing. No, yeah. you're wrong. He that's says not the that. line. That's not the line. You're wrong. You're I don't I don't wrong. think that's the line of a It's something to that effect. He says now every restaurant behind any door, he's worried that guys getting weird kicks in like <laughs> flannel shirts will be there. That's all he said. Yeah. He's just like, he was weirded out what was happening. And, and now it's he's actually gonna, funny. It's funny. It's it is a funny. funny joke. It, wasn't, but yeah, I, it had nothing to do with right. that guy being a straight man. It had nothing to do yes, with that. Yes, it did. It did. It didn't. He's a square. That I have to disagree with. He's a square. <laughs> he doesn't get it, man. That I have to disagree with. That's what he, like, if he was into the acid, he could have sucked on the sleeve too. I think it's a little more tongue in cheek than you're making it. Probably. But it, but there is a, the overtone. Look, I There's always an overtone of like we're better than them. Yes, yeah. yes, that's what I'm saying. I yes. understand the yes. joke. I get the joke. It's yes. funny. Yes. I, it's funny to walk out of a bathroom and see some yes. bizarre shit. I understand. But the the next scene is the guy at the bar. The next shot is the guy at a mm. bar by himself, racked with like, like this what? image torture. <laughs> like it has ruined just, his life. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a funny joke. I understand the joke, but the meaning behind it, I'm saying, is look how fucking cool this is. <laughs> I think you're wrong. I do think you're wrong there. All right, we'll have to disagree. I'm not saying you're wrong with everything here, but with that one, it's it was just a funny joke that the guy walked in, saw Flea licking acid off someone's arm, and now he's like, behind any door, that could be happening. That's That's weird. That's funny. And it's because he's a straight man. He's and not just, down it with It just the ruins movement. his life. And what do you mean he's a straight man? He's drinking at a bar. What do you mean? He's dressed in a suit. I think his character is actually, because I pa- I happened to pause, I was, was watching this on the, Amazon and I paused the movie at this scene <laughs> and his character is called the stockbroker. Yeah, it's just a dude. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, <laughs> just a dude. It's just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you gave him a backstory. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, portray- you made that into something that you want it to be. You want it to actually fit the narrative that, like, yeah, this is a, a, a an entire critique on like being a loser, not doing drugs. That's the scene. That's actually not the yes. scene. Yes, no, just that a joke. is the it's scene. It's just a joke. It's not just a joke. Everything in a movie has a purpose. The way the guy that's is- all, that's that's BS. Not everything in the movie has a purpose. There are movies that have no purpose. Look at how visual. Cinemarink. That's not, that's barely a fucking movie. It's shots of corners. <laughs> By the way, Variety, fucking, they voted that as the best horror movie of the year. They're right. I, <laughs> if you want to watch Skidamarink, just go stare in your fucking corner for two hours. Are you not horrified in that theater? <laughs> I was horrified I went to see it. But. <laughs> you weren't horrified that you spent money on that? <laughs> no. The, the way the guy is dressed, the look on his face He's portrayed like a square guy. He's not down with them. I agree with you. That's, it's just that's, that's the point. The they, I, I think it's less. It's less that and more just this is wacky. It's everything. But I, it, you have to understand that the people that made the movie feel that way. 
Like that, like what you're saying is how they think of their yes, daily life. Yes, and they portray yeah. that in the movie. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yes. But I, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of living in both worlds with this conversation. I'm, and I'm, ta- <laughs> I'm talking myself into a corner. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I, under, I understand it's a joke. I understand it's a joke. I think you two have very hard feelings about this. We have we have strong you feelings have, about this era and the people and in drugs it. And, yeah. Yeah. and drugs and drugs. <laughs> and I think that if you are going to have those feelings and and yeah, analyze every single scene, you're gonna get mad. You're gonna, at gonna, it. Get you're gonna mad find at a way to get mad at that it. don't exist. I agree with that's you. That's one yes. of them. But you know what? I will I will make the counter of this. Uh huh. And this is what I'll say. I watched a movie yesterday. In theaters, I paid to see it. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved the movie. I thought it was excellent. It's going to be on my top 10 for the year. And I thought that the movie had a message I completely disagree with. It was vile. That I think is vile and like an evil message to put forth in the world. So I can look past stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I can accept something for what it is. Right. So this movie is like... There's just nothing there. And like what they're presenting is like this weird abstract thing that they want you to try to take something from. And I'm looking at the visual cue of a straight laced balding dude coming out in a suit with two fucking weird hippie dudes on drugs sucking each other's sleeves. And like it's fu- it's great because we're 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 getting so in the weeds with this scene, yeah. and it's such a small it's nothing. nothing scene. But I think it's, it's <laughs> it also it also is very descriptive of how you, you guys are seeing this because you're right. If I actually said, "Hey, let's do a comedy scene," right? I'm eating s'mores, chocolate falls falls on my arm, and Ant starts to joke around and lick it off my arm. It's gay. It's stupid. I then get him walks in and is horrified goes back to his desk and is sitting there horrified thinking that that could be happening right next door, (laughs) right next door. (laughs) That is the exact same joke with or without the drugs, with or without the hippie stuff. I understand. That's all it is. It's just a joke. No, but you're, you're taking, you're taking a joke out of context. You're taking the one. (laughs) Yes. Because, because it's a body. I'm giving it no context. It's a body of work. That is informing what you're seeing in this joke and all the visual cues and everything leading up to it and everything preceding it is about that the straight laced guy will never understand their carnal pleasures and delights of being on acid and doing drugs. But that's but they they didn't they see it. They you you're missing. It's not just carnal pleasures and delights. They see themselves as like advanced, Weirdos. evolved they are, beings. Yes, yeah. he's below them. Yeah, because he's not a fucking junkie. He hasn't expanded his mind. He's yes. not. He's not seeing the world for what it really is. He'll never know what he's missing. Yeah, right. That's the fucking point. I yes. get the joke. It's funny. It's a funny visual. A guy mm-hmm. comes out of a restroom, sees something bizarre, goes about their day, yeah. and then later they tell their friends, it's like, that I was saw fucking this fucking weird, weird yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, but fuck. what they don't understand is what they were doing actually was important to like the the world. Yeah. 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 And it's like- That might be a deeper meaning, yeah. but that's I don't think that's what they meant here. I really don't. I think it's like, look at these weirdos doing something. They freaked out somebody who doesn't know what's going on. I and it's a funny joke to put in. It's a funny joke to put in. No, I don't think so. Do you no. think the the are you supposed to be on their side? Yes. No. Yes. Wrong. Hunter actually said it's a movie about two guys ruining their lives. When did he say this? He said it, in but he's not Terry Gilliam. In two thousand two, Criterion, what I watched, he actually that he was like uh-huh. he was like you heard his voice say it. He goes, yeah. 
the, the producer said, what do you think about, like, do you think, because it resonates with young people. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. He goes, why do you think, he goes, do you think it's the the drugs and that that it's a problem with that? He goes, honestly, seeing that, it's just two people, like, making their lives harder. You know? Nothing and, bad happens to them. There's no punishment. Everything works out for them, basically. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no, no come up and punishment. There's no yeah. comeuppance. They're violent savages yes. that like young people watch and respect and like for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. This is it's a honestly a dangerous movie. <laughs> I'm not I'm not joking. Like nobody nobody respects the character of Oscar. Nobody respects Dr. Gonzo. Yeah, you're not what supposed you to be on his about? side. You're yeah. supposed to be on well, Hunter's side. Well, you like Johnny side. Depp. Yeah. They're the same fucking person. One is slightly more violent. <laughs> you know, the same fucking thing. It's the same shit. All right. <laughs> I'm such a stick in the mud. <laughs> That's <right>. okay. <laughs> um, That's why I picked this. I knew it would get a rise out of right. you guys. <laughs> so there's more hippie worship after Gonzo leaves. Uh, and then I thought it was John Ritter, but it's not. And now the cops show up and it's Gary Busey. And he pulls over Johnny Depp and he makes a pass at him. And he knows who he is. What? Does he? No. He sees his ID, and I think he realizes he's like a famous guy. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get that. When no, no. after he pulls over, no? no. He just wants to kiss him. So, uh, <laughs> Hunter hated this scene because obviously he, he's he, very. He doesn't like the gay. He really doesn't like gay people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what happened in this is Gary Busey improv that scene. Oh yeah. Like he was supposed to get pulled over and tell him like like Johnny Depp gone. You know, was supposed to get one over on him, uh -huh. and what he, Busey turned it into this like weird scene. Yeah, and they were like, "We'll go with that one. That's funny." Um, yeah, where he's like trying to fuck him. Yeah, yeah, he never had a run. I'm really lonely cop, out here. He likes the fact that he got one over on the cop, but they never had a run in with the cop uh -huh. at this point. Um, which and we never see if he does kiss him. No, <laughs> it's implied that he didn't. I thought it was implied that he did. Me or maybe too. he did. Because I, I think maybe he says, he did. the cop had his way with me. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was raped. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so now he is like looking for somewhere to go and he sees Tobey Maguire again. And he freaks out. And he yeah. freaks out and runs away. So he tries to call. So what, what's happening is he's running away from the hotel bill. They don't have money to pay for this. They, yeah. they burn the casino. That's what they did. Yep. Um. And supposedly they did that, but Sports Illustrated paid for the bill. Yeah, on I this, believe on that. On the first trip. Yeah, I believe that. They also paid for the car. They didn't steal yeah. the car. That was a That's paid for another car, fucking scene I hate. Which is, it's stupid. They didn't steal it. They, they Sports Illustrated paid for it. But I feel like you're supposed to look at the car dealer guy and be like, look at this asshole trying to stop them from doing their drugs and like driving drunk in the rental car. I don't know if you're supposed to be like, look at this asshole, but you're just supposed to like respect them for being so brutal. That, yeah, you, it's less about putting the guy down and more about building them up as like heroic in I their guess. freedom, their freedom loving. Maybe not so heroic, but also just chaotic. Yeah. I think chaotic but is, through be chaos, is a better But it's statement. almost like a heroic chaos. They, Maybe, you, yeah. their lack, their f blatant flaunting of every social norm and, and, you know, rule is supposed to be what is admirable about them. Hmm. But is it also a statement on the idea of Vegas itself 
as a place where people go. I don't think the movie is is concerned whatsoever with Vegas and what that means. I think well, it's way more concerned federal crimes that go unnoticed. They they face no repercussions and they're welcomed. Yeah, but it's not everywhere. about this is not an expose of the Vegas police force. It's like it's no, 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 not, not so much the police force, but more more so that evil can be accepted in certain places. In certain places, yes. Gambling, prostitution at this time, you incessant don't, drug use. You don't think that that would have flown in a hotel somewhere else? No. They, they're not getting away with that anywhere else. Yes, they would have. I don't think that's what the movie's trying to get across. No. I think that's one of the messages that, you know, maybe evil is acceptable depending on where you are. They don't view what they're doing as evil. 100%. They, there are, there is evil things in this movie that are presented as evil, and they get away with it, like pedophilia, like pedophilia, threatening of murder, like all that shit, like the best scenes in the movie is that, and they get away with it. The bad guys win in this; they are bad guys. I feel like the movie you're not supposed to think that. In bad fact, Hunter, guys. you're said, definitely not supposed to think Hunter, Hunter is a bad. Guy. Hunter actually said himself that the actual ending of a Hollywood movie, if this was an actual Hollywood movie is the two guys in the car would have blown up and they would have had their repercussion. Yes. That's the real ending of the movie. But yeah, I would have, Terry I would Gilliam have had the last cut. And, and Terry Gilliam made them heroes made instead them of heroes. villains. Yeah. yeah. All right. Also, they're real. real life, they're real, real people. Life, yeah. They didn't die. They got away with it. Right. So, <laughs> um, and you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, he has a telegram from uh, Gonzo. Who had disappeared. Who had disappeared. Yeah. And he calls Gonzo, and Gonzo's like, hey, I booked you a, a hotel at the Flamingo. Go back to Vegas. Mm. Yeah, let's go back. And this miscommunication could have easily been easily avoided. Easily been avoided. Easily. If, if they had a service like Riverside. <laughs> and why don't you tell the people what Riverside is? Riverside is a service that yeah. you use to communicate with other people over the internet. It's got 4K. It's really good. One could say telecommunicate. They telecommunicate. Yeah. You can do it instead of Zoom because Zoom is for communists. Yep. <laughs> um, That's what I would use. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Riverside is where it's at, and you need to use it, and you should write down our name when you use it. Well, click our code. Well, right <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Get a notepad. <laughs> I'm using Riverside, and I wrote down. What year is this? And I wrote it down in my book, my journal. And it has a typewriter in it. was huffing ether before he did the show. So, we, so yeah, that's Riverside. Their next plan. Yeah. Their next plan is to go crash a police conference because the drug culture has to be. Well, hold on. Oh. What? He gets back to Vegas with he has a new car. Oh yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, and he and then they meet Christina Ricci. Well, they there's a scene about Maloney. gay vengeance. Christopher Maloney is a yes. gay guy yes. who's getting revenge on the cops now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I'm guessing homosexually was still illegal at the time. I guess it, it was probably frowned upon drastically at the time. They makes they makes it seem like he's, well, it's just like we're talking we're, about the we 70s. in the audience understand that these cops are fascist pigs. And, yeah, you know, as the, the common man, if you got a little power over them, you better exercise. It. Yeah. yeah, you're a hero if you do. Yep. you know. Yeah. So. so he lets <laughs> he lets the drug-addled yeah. fucking wreck skip ahead of them in right. line. Yes, and he, he hooks them up, and yes. he hooks them up because he knew what he was saying. Yes. And now when he goes into the room, 
Uh, Christina Ricci is there. Yes. And pictures of Barbara Streisand. Yes, she's probably like 15 here. Younger. Uh, let's see. Oh, wait, Christina Ricci is yeah. like age. In real life. In real life. She's probably like 15. Yeah. It seems like she... She's like 97 or 14. Before we yeah. see any, before we say anything else, let's see how old she was. I mean, I, I had such a crush on her when I was a little kid. When I was like seven years old, I she was, was in born in in 1980. So she's seven, came, 17, 17, 18, 16, 17, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. Well, this came this came out in 98. So oh, I thought it was 97. No, nah, 98. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yes, it was released May twenty second, nineteen ninety eight. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So yeah, the the implication is that is that Gonzo has Gonzo been having has sex been with her, having a yes. pedophilic relationship, and he, with and this she has woman. pictures of Barbara Streisand everywhere. Paints Barbara Streisand. Uh, I paint Mecca Streisand in my house. <laughs> <laughs> this did not happen. Um, this is movie shit. This is this is not only movie shit. There was a 17-year-old Mormon that was hanging out with them in Vegas for a little bit. Mm -hmm. They were flirtatious, but nothing happened. Um, they were like, let's put this in the movie as a portrayal of like the girl's American dream kind of thing and being raped by, you know. She goes to the big city to try to make it. And yeah, that's what it is. So the Mormons, real out. quick. Yeah. Mormon. So that's all actually, over Vegas. That they're whole thing is Vegas. just like a yeah. message. About if you that. ever talk to like the strippers in a strip club in Vegas, they're all Mormons. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, I guess they just run away from home and just go to Vegas to be strippers. Sure. <laughs> if you're a Mormon stripper, let us know. <laughs> it was the Mormons. <laughs> um, so, and now Dr. Gonza wants to pimp her. And it's like, what the fuck? Well, no, well, no, 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 you're wrong. No, you're who wrong wanted to pimp too. her? It Nobody was... wanted to pimp her. No, yeah, it was. And this is you're he, getting real confused. The, the way <laughs> that Hunter Thompson, well, that the Johnny Depp uh, gets across how evil what he's doing is, is by making it super extreme. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's, he's just saying, like, yeah, we could turn her out. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll pimp her out, and yeah. we'll sell her to the police across the way, and they'll just right. yeah. That's what her. I'm saying. Yeah, that was to say, hey, you're being evil. Stop. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> right. if you're going to be evil, go all the way. Why not? Mm -hmm. That's well, all. I thought that uh, wasn't Gonzo kind of on board with it. And it wasn't until like they start talking about like the punishment that they decide not to. Were we watching the same movie? No, I think you're incorrect. Yeah, I might be wrong. To be honest, at this point, I you're was just like, making shit out. I was like, when is this fucking thing ending? This was a chore to get through. I fucking hate. I hate, hate, hate this movie. I can't wait for the comments. <laughs> and I know people love it. And if you love it, I don't I think, think anyone's going to be on our side. We're wrong. I, I, don't, I don't. Love if is a like hard If you like this, word. I think you're a fucking junkie. How about that? Well, all right. I'll just quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut down the website. I'll take off everything because I'm a junkie. He's gonna. I was, I was actually talking. He's gotta buy heroin. <laughs> you said if you like the movie. I was talking more of the audience. That's okay. But... You can do all of that because you're not a junkie and you could do it. <laughs> Have fun running the website. Oh man, it's getting personal, <laughs> guys. You're gonna insult me. <laughs> it's a fucking joke. Over a movie. <laughs> You made it personal. I made a joke that people that like the You're movie are You're insulting the audience. <laughs> you took it personal. Whoa. So. 
on the cut the air with a knife. Yeah. Brian and Steve have a fight. Shit gets real. So they go to the drug conference, and the guy from Airbud is there. He's, I don't know the guy from Airbud. You don't know the guy Air from Airbud? No. You know the guy who um he wants the dog back. The, the, I, the, I haven't seen Airbud. You never saw Airbud since I was yeah, like, like six, yeah, five. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you watch Airbud on the reg? About the, dog? the police officer at the counter. The one giving the speech. Maloney? Yeah. Or no, are we no, talking no. to the one giving the speech at the conference. The weird looking guy. Yeah, the the redheaded guy with the mustache. I, I know who you're talking about. Though. That guy is in Airbud. He's the villain who just wants his dog back. That was taken. He plays a clown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gannon's about to come in. Michael Jeter. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's also in Green Mile. He's in City of Lost Children. Which yeah, is a yeah. French movie. Yeah, good, good movie. <laughs> I think Gilliam has something to do with that. Where was Probably. Yeah. I don't think he produced it or anything. Um, so now they... Uh, wait, what did I put? I put Pope found movie? The Pope. What? What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know what I was writing there. Pope found a movie? Is there anything about the Pope? No. The, so the, the police conference... In real life, they did this. Well, they went to a district attorney conference. Yeah, in real they life. went to a real conference where they were the the outsiders. Right. And you get the standard boomer make fun of people mm -hmm. who don't understand drugs by saying that they're making propaganda films about fucking pot, the pot. Pots. You yeah. know, that no, that I honestly, I question if that ever actually was like a thing. Like everybody points to Reefer Madness as being like the most ridiculous pot propaganda movie. I feel like that's the only one and nobody saw it, you know? I don't know. I'm not a boomer. I wasn't there. But I feel like they existed, but. But it's just, it's no one actually could have believed that, you know? It's the, 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 we're talking about the, the quick, like, uh, like when there this was your dope dealer scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the, there, you, if you listen to the audio of the video they're watching in the background, like something else is happening in the scene, but if you listen, it's like Reefer Madness type shit. Yeah. You is. know Reefer Madness? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're. I, I kind of. But like, madness. It, it was the. It was the anti like drug shit. It's it was anti the anti drug yeah. like pot movie from like the 50s, where it shows like how it's gonna ruin your life if you yeah. smoke weed. Yeah. So I'll say this. It became a cult and, but, movie. But people love it because it's so over the top and, they would and get stupid. high and watch it. Yeah. I'll say this about it. The sign. So they're they're actually driving into Vegas, and there's a sign that says like if you get caught with pot, it's like five years in jail. If you get caught selling, it's like twenty to life. I believe twenty to life. That was a real sign. Probably, yeah. No, probably it was. It was, yeah. it was actually a sign up. So mm -hmm. when you look at this time period, it it like like I said, we have the uh, this we have the 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 gift of hindsight here. Yes. If you were smoking weed mm -hmm. in the sixties. Or seventies. Or seventies, and it's like, oh, this is just like, you know, freedom kind of bullshit. Um, you had some serious repercussions if you were caught doing any of this. Like it wasn't like you know, today where I don't know about that because it's kind of before the Reagan war on drugs thing. We're also talking about, you know, the, the wait, what do you mean? Well, because that was the whole thing with the, the famous war on drugs, which yeah. started, you know, slightly after this period, I think, uh, where 
what you do is you make the sentencing for drug crimes so huge that it's supposed to dissuade, mm -hmm. you know, drug use. But um, I feel like this is like right before that happened. It was really the Nixon administration that started. Okay, like, so that's right. So the Nixon administration is the administration where they really started federally going after uh -huh. drug use and stuff. It wasn't until Okay, that. so it was like right here. It's it's about to start. Cause yeah. Is he president yet? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're right. Like the 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 crime, the like sentencing is so out of control it over the top. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can do that, what else could you? Sentence? Well, I'll, I'll hold on real right. quick. If I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, yeah. yeah. About time somebody invited me to the party. <laughs> it's so nice of you to show up. <laughs> Go ahead. If you look at Singapore, where they have like the death penalty for any drug use. Right. There's like none. And if you look at Penn Station where there's no law whatsoever. <laughs> Rampant. <laughs> Which I guess is a, a tough um, topic. And basically the, the actual reasoning for this entire film is not like, yeah, the drug use is, is rampant. Because um, if you make something illegal like that, what else could you do? And that's the whole like idea of like, hey, fascism starts with small stuff, not big stuff. I don't really get that in the movie. Um, I don't okay. say it, but I get it. But that's like the reason why it was. I guess, I guess the book, especially like bigger. There's probably more detail. That. Yeah. Um, so now they go, they go back, and uh, Lucy calls the hotel. She's looking. Christina Ricci calls mm -hmm. the hotel looking for. Uh, Gonzo. Yeah. And he starts doing this elaborate thing. The cops are going to come get them and stuff. And they're hiding and he's doing like a one man thing. Mm -hmm. He's pretending he's getting arrested so yeah. they don't have to see her. Exactly. He's trying to trick her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And while this is happening, Johnny Depp is taking Ardrinochrome. Uh, Andrinochrome. Yeah. Yes. He, he's uh, is Hollywood that the elite. Thing that yes. Hollywood yeah. elite. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Shit from the adrenaline gland. Yeah. Um, I thought it was from the blood what they were like the what the like QAnon said the liberals were doing with the um the shit. This is that. This is that. Uh, it, but I thought that like it was. Is it in blood? Because I no, it's it's the it, enzyme that's created by it, the it's, adrenaline. It's that's the what they said in the movie. It's but the pineal gland in your brain, so you have to get it from a living person. So you have to actually human go sacrifice. You gotta, you gotta suck babies. Or or babies. You put somebody into such a serious amount of pain, the adrenaline kicks in. Holy shit. And torture that's, them? you have to torture them and then you extract their blood so that there's adrenaline in their blood. Oh my stream. God. So the only way you can get this- And that's what through, he was saying. Yes, it's through horrific means. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so that, fucked up. That's what <laughs> this guy was into. <laughs> and what is the effect of that? Like, like I know uppers, downers, like what is- uh, Just taking so, adrenaline? I don't know. What's really difficult about this movie in which I, I kind of actually hate about it is what how they portray the drug use because hunter was on so many fucking drugs at the same time he was on he was drinking smoking pot uh snorting k doing speed doing ether doing ether <laughs> doing mescaline doing acid, cocaine cocaine shrooms all this at the same time how was he alive he shouldn't be on paper but like so like i you ever you ever see that thing um i'm sure you could you could pull this up he uh like cataloged what he did every like his daily routine 
Andres Thompson. Yeah, like for most of his life. Like he'd wake up at 3 p.m. and get going. And he'd, he, he like cataloged everything he did. You okay, find it? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, so this is what I'm he did every up. day. Oh, yeah. I, I, I yeah. know. It's it's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Okay. Because it's you, yeah, you I, think it's fake. I hate every fucking website you go to now. These fucking cocksuckers want cookies. Every single fucking one of them. It's Santa, dude. He runs the internet. <laughs> I wish. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ready? Yes. Uh, 3 p.m. Rise. 3.05. Shivis Regal with the morning papers. Dunhill cigarette. 3.45. Cocaine. 3.50. Another glass of Shivis. Dunhill. 4.95. I like how he's doing the voice. <laughs> first cup of coffee. Dunhill. 4.15. Cocaine. 416, orange juice. Dunhill. 430, cocaine. 454, cocaine. He should be dead within the he should five be dead hours. already. Yeah. 505, cocaine. This has to be a joke. 511, coffee. Dunhills. More ice cream in the Shivas. 530. 545, cocaine. 6 p.m., grass to take the edge off. 705, Woody Creek Tavern for lunch. Heineken, two margaritas, two cheeseburgers, two orders of fries, a plate of tomatoes, coleslaw, a taco salad, a double order of onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, bean fritter, gun hills, another Heineken. This is fake. Cocaine. You couldn't live. It's it has fake. to. And for be the ride home, yeah. a snow clone, he, he was a glass very, of shredded uh, ice over which is poured three or four jiggers of shivis. 8 p.m. Cocaine. 10 p.m. Drops acid. 11 p.m. <laughs> Chartouse? Charteroos? I don't know. <laughs> cocaine and grass. It's 11.30, cocaine. Midnight, Hunter is ready to write. 12.05, 6 a.m. Charteroos. Cocaine, grass, shivis, coffee, Heineken, <laughs> clove cigarettes, grapefruit, Dunhills, grapefruit. orange juice, gin, 6 a.m. He's the just listing cup, nonsense. Champagne, Dove bars, fettuccine Alfredo, 8 a.m. Halcyon, 8.20, sleep. There you go. There you go. That was supposedly his daily routine. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that was a routine. <laughs> that can't be. I don't think you could. Do, if you did You'd that, die. If you did that go. once and lived, that's a miracle. If you did it every <laughs> yeah. day, it's just nonsense. It's just it's nonsense. No, <laughs> it's just nonsense. <laughs> so during the Andrea Chrome scene, it's over the top. He freaks out. He's hallucinating. Um, the scene looks cool. I don't think that's what, what happened. He actually said he hated the fact that Terry Gilliam was doing this kind of shit because mm -hmm. Terry's never done acid. So mm -hmm. how would you even know what the hell it looks like? Mm -hmm. He goes, he did some cool stuff, like some effects, but it, it, it doesn't really. No, I get that. If, if you, if you're well um, acquainted with the way things actually are to see them portrayed poorly would be yeah. angering. Yeah. And he said that Timothy Leary. So Timothy Leary was the acid guy of the sixties. Yes. Called him. <laughs> An FBI informant, fraud, and horrible person. Called Hunter Thompson this. Hunter Thompson called Tim Leary a oh. fraud, FBI informant, and horrible person. Mm -hmm. He hated the fact that he gave acid to everyone. Okay. I think he wanted it as like his own like secret thing. Yeah, maybe he meant it wasn't meant for the masses. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. You had to be an enlightened person. Mm -hmm. Or just a drug addict. Depending on who you ask. Did the CIA invent LSD? And yes. pay ultra experiments. Yes. Right? That's what I thought. Yeah. And they wanted to introduce it to a populace or something like that, right? I don't know. I don't know how it got out. Probably on purpose. 
probably on purpose. Yeah. So he's all imagine why he's all fucked up, and the the suites a wreck. There's like water everywhere. It's like dystopian hellscape. Yeah. And Gonzo is attacking a maid. Yeah. 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 And they basically they trick her to leave. They trick her into leaving. Yeah. yeah. Saying that they're like you know cops or none of this matters. None of this matters at all. Just get to the diner scene. Well, hold on. There is one thing that there is one thing that matters. What? So you see them going around. He's piecing together because he blocked out for like a week. Yeah. Right. And he's piecing together what he did with the random recordings mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he was showing the people. And those recordings were later put into something. Uh, I forget what it is. They were published. I can't find it. Right. It's now. okay. <laughs> but that's that's. It's probably just ramblings. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. ramblings of yeah, a guy. None of this matters. Shit. Yeah. He drops him. He, he, he's got to, he, they go to the diner. Yep. Go to the diner. They go to the diner. Oh. And while they're there. Is that the mother from Pleasantville? That's Ellen Barkin. Um, let me see what else she was in. I don't know if she was in Pleasantville. She may have been. Uh, you guys talk about the scene. Crucible. That woman. I think it's her. Um. But yeah, they're sitting, at the ca- the they're sitting at the counter and Gonzo slips her a note about how he wants to fuck her in the ass. Yeah. Um, well, are you a prostitute? I right. Guess, is the question. And right? she gets offended and yells at him and he whips out a knife and acts like he's going to murder people and yeah. buys a lemon pie and walks out. And it's a very tense scene and it's well acted and all that. But again, it really doesn't account for anything. Like, it's just another crazy thing that happened, just like every other scene in the movie. But it's the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. I agree. Very tense. Yes. Um, And Johnny Depp is considering leaving with a plate of food, and he puts it back. uh I think you're, like, I don't know how you guys felt. The first time I saw this, I was expecting. You hate Gummo, right? Um, Yeah, I don't like Gummo. Yeah. You don't Anyone see who any... likes Gummo is a fucking junkie. <laughs> you piece <What>? of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I get I get why like you like it. I, it's just not my thing. That's all. But I'm just saying, like, there's obviously similarities here. Weirdness. In what, in weirdness for the sake of weirdness. But it's a true story. Yeah. Gummo's not. But I'm I'm just saying from a movie sense. In what weird? They're not good stories. Do you mean? Yeah, that's different than weird. I wonder if I rewatched Gummo if I would still like it. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I don't know. When was the last time you watched it? Probably like teenager. I don't know. Maybe give a rewatch. What do you mean weirdness for the sake of weirdness in this though? Because this this wasn't weird. Because I'm I'm just I'm just like like just like this movie. Gummo is almost vignettes of weird things that have no reason to happen and it's just an overarching thing to show poverty in america that's mm-hmm. the point i suppose yeah because the area was fucked up by hurricanes uh-huh. showing all the fucked yeah. up lives yeah of these people living in like that desolate right. wasteland. and there's just no story to speak of yeah exactly yeah. and this is you know two fucking guys doing drugs and there's no story to speak of exactly yeah they go to a place they do drugs something that doesn't affect them happens mm-hmm. they go somewhere else do you know it's the same thing mm-hmm it's never like we have to do X for Y. Yeah, right, right. You know, it's it's a meandering movie. It's this we're gonna get away with this stuff and that's it. That's that's mm-hmm. all. 
but I think there's more of because it's 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 more about at least for me like why I like it more than Gummo because Gummo I actually like really you hate I really hate it yeah there's, it, like you said it's there's not really a story but at least with this I could be like why are they doing this I then go look at the real people and be like oh uh, this this they're, is, they're doing what they did yeah. this is actually what's written down in the book what's written down and this is what happened and mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a time period that was very weird um but also said a lot about the state of a country and where it can go and i think that he kind of nailed it to be honest hunter s thompson because uh to disagree with the fact that from a, his point of view he, he did uh, like a government could slowly just take away just basic rights right and then eventually become like this destructive force that is that's the most truthful thing you could you could do uh, no argument here but i don't think that's what the movie's saying i'm not saying so much the yeah. movie i'm saying the like his writings his writing like the movie is a connection to the writings it's connected mm-hmm. to the person and that's the first time you're like what is why is this a movie why right. is this a thing why was this an article mm-hmm. and it leads you down a rabbit hole of oh this is why a and b and c and stuff like that right that's kind of it's a connector it's a connector to an overarching mm-hmm. idea that's all just like calling somebody a junkie the movie uh, hunter said this movie was very difficult to make um as the producer but they said it was a very political movie and it's just about how you know yeah I, that's what he said i'm saying what he said i'm not saying what i said i know so um uh, after the oh, the diner scene, I was reminded of something. What's that? My friend, he uh, went to a diner once and he signed like an autograph for them, and he put nothing. Is, is he fine. famous? He, he kind of, yeah. And he wrote, "Nothing is finer than being in your diner." Mm-hmm. And he didn't like what he wrote, and he actually asked if he could have it back. They gave it to him. No, the, he had to fight with them over it. Oh goddamn! I don't, I don't know if he actually got it back, mm. but you know, he wanted it. Uh, so what do you give this movie? Well, we're, we're, we're not done. We're not done. We got like a couple of sentences left. Yeah. So they're after the diner. They're driving. They see Christina Ricci with her Barbra Streisand paintings. Um, Gonzo leaves, and Hunter S. Thompson has to drive back to L.A. and he like does some writing, and that's really it. That's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. They drop him off at the air, yeah, airplane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that was the last time he saw him. Um, and, and for the movie, yes, but yeah. in real life, no, because they they saw sure each they other as each recently other as, the, it, yeah. as the book coming out. You know, right? Yeah. So that couldn't have been the last time. Mm. Well, Hunter Sobson lived in his house in Colorado until the day he died. Yes, two thousand five, I believe. Yep, he shot himself. Mm-hmm. Um. He had become legendary in certain circles as a writer and uh, a cultural icon. Johnny Depp said he is like still aspires to be him. Uh huh. Like he wants to be, you know, Hunter. Yeah. There was this article that uh, some publication published a year or two ago where this writer went and like stayed with Johnny Depp for like a week or so and just like wrote about his experiences with Johnny. And Johnny was, you know, 
talking about how like he just likes being like fucked up all the time like hunter was and shit mm-hmm. like it's a big influence for him nice so uh <laughs> nice <laughs> way to go <laughs> he also i believe he ran for sheriff he did of his county he the, and i don't think he was uh elected i think it was uh <laughs> not terribly long after um the book came out yeah and he decided to get involved with politics he where he ran for sheriff yeah. he did not win the election he failed miserably um, well not miserably but he failed but he did channel some of that energy into uh, his support for Jimmy Carter to win the election in 78, 77, 77. Yeah, right. yeah um, that's the movie. Yeah. I don't know how everyone feels about it. Not at the table. I mean, out there in the world. I know how everyone <laughs> at the table feels about it. Uh, <laughs> all you junkies and people all out there. You dipshits. <laughs> There are two types of people in this world. One, the junkies. The other one, the normal humans. Uh, you can gauge what they are, just how they feel on Fear and Loathing in yes, Las Vegas. Yes, uh, <laughs> you, that was a very Seinfeldian delivery. Thank you. I good. think. Um, I guess I'm, yeah, I'm going to give it yeah. a two. That's my number. Okay. Steve? It's 6.5. 6.5. That's lower than I thought you would. I think the the actual movie itself, like you said, like there's not like a, a continuous story, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, what do you love about it, if anything? Because it seems just from your your lukewarm on it, based on your rating, it's not lukewarm. Like it could be better, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's a movie about two guys in a, in a weekend, you know. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I said, I like the connection of it. I like looking up the guy, seeing what his life was about. Fascinated by the character. Yeah. And also somewhat fascinated by the the transition from hippie movement into boomerism and into becoming like the thing you kind of hated. That's interesting. I I just don't think that's the point of the movie, though. But I didn't say that. That's the real guy. He's 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 talking about just Uh, talking about like the movie, what you liked about it. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, well, I said that that's the connector that I like. That's why I, the reason why I like that movie is the connector. Not not as much the the plain movie itself. Um, Style. Because if I knew nothing about, let's say I go, you go into this blind and you know nothing about anything. Uh-huh. I think six point five is like even giving it a little too much. That's a passing grade. You 6.5. know, yeah, but it looks great. The scenes that are actually like the drug fueled scenes look cool. It gives you a nice little. I think it's well directed. It's yeah, the acting's good. There's tense moments. I don't think there just isn't like not as tense as what you want. It's not but pretty tense. (laughs) It's not a traditional thing. That's all. (laughs) Brian, Uh, I'm gonna give it a three. Three. Yeah. I hate this movie. I hate everything about it. But you have to recognize the technical excellence. <laughs> I hate anyone who likes it. Yeah. <laughs> what a flaming passion. They are, in fact, heroin addicts. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're junkies that are idiots and beneath me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think the movie has poor messaging. It's well-directed. There's not a story that's enjoyable. There's only a couple of moments that are fun. There's no comeuppance for the people. I just 
in general, I just get no joy in watching this. Uh, other people seem to love it. It's a cult classic for a reason. I just have never vibed with this movie. It's not for me. So. All there right. You, go. All right. you have a drawing. Yeah. Dude. That's the suitcase. It's the suitcase with all the drugs. Yep. <sighs> drugs represented by yeah, small circles it. and a carrot. Pills. I get it. I get it. I That's get a it. syringe. Yeah. You know what? That's. <laughs> if I didn't watch the movie, uh, never. It, it yeah. looks like TVs stacked, but... So I didn't know... I thought it was a hotel at first. I didn't know what <laughs> I was going to draw uh -huh. when I was watching this. And then they have the shot in the movie where they um, zoom in on the bag and it's x-ray. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> It'll do that. Mm -hmm. And I decided uh, to take that. Yeah. All right. Wrap it up. Well, yep. <laughs> real quick. Hold on. Sure. These are guys that struggled with drugs and drug addictions. Oh, and we still have that. <laughs> I thought we did it. <laughs> we did Riverside. It's all a blur. And if you guys, you know, are struggling with drugs or drug addiction, you can go on Riverside, not Riverside. Sorry, you, you could go on Riverside and telecommunicate with a friend, but you can also use betterhelp.com, which is a service you can use to talk to an you online said cervix. Cervix, yeah, it's a service you can use. <laughs> So it's a service you can use to talk to an online licensed therapist. You can customize it to the type of person you want to talk to, someone that aligns with you. you one of the qualifiers is you can put in not, whether not they a like junkie. fear. Well, not a junkie. You can also request if they like fear or loathing in Las Vegas or not. So you don't have to fucking talk to anyone that likes this shit movie because you know they're subhuman and beneath you. In your heart of hearts, you carry that burning desire deeply that you don't want to associate with anyone that would like this oh my god this is our best episode right? <laughs> <laughs> where i shut down the past 20 minutes i don't talk <laughs> shut it down more than 20 minutes <laughs> oh boy <laughs> um so go to betterhelp.com. You know, maybe you need couples therapy like me and Steve are going to do after this yep. and talk to an online licensed <laughs> therapist, uh, work through your issues, help each other, be good to each other. <laughs> Check out betterhelp.com today. Talk to a therapist. Come for your own home. Click our code. It's right there. All right. That was a good one. Anyway. You got it. Thank you for watching yeah, you the show. Well, I was for you guys to say bye. Oh, thank you. <laughs> bye bye. bye. <laughs> Want to give a big thank you to everybody listening and or watching. We <laughs> Thought he was going to go right into it. I was like, wait. <laughs> no, you guys have to say bye. Want to give a big thank you to everybody listening and or watching. Want to give a big thank you to Tom, Steve, Dave, Brywalt, Q, Getem. Uh, Lannis record down in the studio. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Uh, follow Hopefully us. Hopefully, there's another show after yeah. this. <laughs> Maybe we'll see you next week. Um, check out uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. Give us a five star review. It helps potential sponsors find the show. Tell a friend about us. Check out the Reddit if you want to talk about the show. People that actually listen, you know, we're trying to build a community of people that like and listen to the show. It might be good for another week. <laughs> uh, 
follow me on Letterboxd. I rank or review every single movie I watch, even the ones on my personal life, at Brian Rupert. That's with two Ps. You follow the show on, show on all social media, at Reviewing History, Review History Pod on Twitter, Reviewing History Pod everywhere else. That's it. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.